Hello and welcome to the Inspirational Fitness Show. I'm Nigel Gordon-Johnson and my guest today is Andy Hodgson. Andy is the co-founder and director of the Falklands Ultramarathon. Now, for those of you watching or listening to the show who are British, will immediately know where the Falkland Islands are and their significance to just about every single British citizen. For those of you a little farther afield that don't know, the Falkland Islands are in the South Atlantic near the bottom of South America, and I'm pretty sure if my geography's right, if you get in a boat, head south, next landmass you come across is the Antarctica. Um, the big significance is that in 1982, there was the Falklands conflict that took place after the military junta in Argentina invaded the islands and the British sent a task force all the way to the South Atlantic to liberate the islands and the people on it. The inaugural race is in March 2022 and will be 100 miles from Goose Green to Stanley via San Carlos, Mount Kent, Wireless Ridge and Tumbledown, all names that evoke powerful memories for so many of us. Andy, it's my great pleasure. Thanks for coming along today. How are you? Well, thank you very much, Nigel, for having me. Uh, it's a privilege to be on your uh, podcast um, and I'm really excited to be here. Um, I, I loved your intro there. I mean, just just listening to you reel off those 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 names. I mean, I've got them over my shoulder for those people that can see the video as well down there. I mean, absolutely, they 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 resonate with perhaps not every British citizen, but those of us of a certain age, um, without giving anything away, who was uh, a child during those uh, uh, times in the early eighties when we'd hear these 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 place names on the six o'clock news on an evening. Um, they, they, they resonate um, and it, it's part of the world that very few people have got the opportunity to experience and yet we've all heard of them so and this hopefully is going to be an opportunity for a lot of people to see see the places that they've heard about. I mean it is yeah exactly without obviously I'm early 30s so I, I, I could only know about the Falklands conflict by, by reading it in the history books but um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people know about it, and it and, and it still evokes a lot of memories in uh, in a lot of people of, of some age. But but perhaps I, I think the thing that I I really struck me when I first saw this was um was like why the Falklands? I mean, why what what got you involved in it in the first first place? I mean, it is a um, just about everybody I've spoken to and mentioned about this that I'm I'm going to be talking to you uh, have all said the same thing that it's um wow, the Falklands, God, that, that's amazing. You know, everybody gets very excited by it, but but perhaps tell me a little bit about what, why why did you choose it? Well, it, it, it you're right. I mean, it, it is something that does capture the imagination and the enthusiasm of people. And it is, I really do feel privileged to be in this position to be organizing and, and, and associated with, with an event that does stir such passion in people, um, you know, might not be everybody's kettle of fish but everyone seems to be like amazed by it. wow that's that's a, it's a really cool thing um and it all started gosh it's been, it's been a long journey it started about eight years ago where are we now 2021 so 2012 so nine years ago and my best mate was stationed down there with the RAF and he spent 12 months down um in the Falklands and I was I was bombarded by his photos, his videos, hearing what he got up to. I thought, oh wow, this, this place sounds amazing. And I, I couldn't afford the time away at the time. I was starting my own business at the time. 
and couldn't justify you know a week or two weeks because uh, it is a long way away uh, to go down and visit and before I knew it his his 12 months uh, deployment was was up he was back in the UK and so I said to him uh, said Stu what big event is there in the Falklands I, I've got to go down you've you've I've, I've seen what it is now. You've I've seen your photos, seen your videos, seen the wildlife, the terrain, the landscape, and I've got to go. But you know, it's it's a long way to go. What what can I use to help me get there? Is there a is there a big ultra marathon? Is there a big adventure race? What's the what, what are the big international events there? And he said, "There's well, there aren't any international events." What, how, how, how can a country not have any international events? And getting there is the real challenge. Um, there, is a, there is a flight for a Ministry of Defence flight from Bryce Norton each week, um, and there's a handful of seats available to civilians. You, you can get bumped off those uh, seats. There's also a commercial flight from South America run by Latin <coughs> Airlines. Um, it's, it's not at the moment. Um, uh, a robust solution and, and often weather causes it to be cancelled. So it's very difficult to have the to a, a robust plan, a logistics plan to get a sufficient number of people there in one place. So we had to look at an air charter. Um, so we're looking at chartering an Airbus from Santiago to get us in. So scheduled flights into Chile and then air charter back down. It may be, you know, we're in discussion with Latam Airlines, it may be that we can use one of their scheduled uh, uh, flights anyway and do a block booking. But, you know, here's us wanting to organize a race. And what we found ourselves is we're having to become tour operators and travel agents and logistics experts. And, 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 and that absolutely dominates it. Because, I mean, these islands that are 7,800 miles away from the UK, they're supported by, by the UK. Um, there's, there's a, there's a, a regular ship from Southampton down to the Falklands carrying supplies etc. Um, this is not an easy place to get to and, 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 and as such it's, it's been a barrier to entry to create an international event. So what we're hoping to put on in uh, March next year is the inaugural Falklands Ultra which will be the biggest event in uh, the Falklands since 1982. So wow. It's, it's, that's something in, in itself that is the fact it's the, it's the biggest event since then i mean how i mean just to get that's, a, sorry, that's, 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 that's not that's not the official tagline of it by the way no but it sounds good i, I think i think you should just go with it no one's going to question that one uh, but it probably is i mean in in reality what else have they had they don't it's because it is so far away i mean how long does it actually take to get there i mean if you were getting i mean it'd be interesting now. i mean if the the, the direct flight how, how long does that take and and if you and if you miss the flight and go on a boat for instance how long does that take i think i, th I think by ship it takes it's a six week round trip um by flight flying i mean there's a, there's a number of routes available um so it depends how you go but you're looking at about 16 hours flight time so we're we're, we're breaking it up across santiago um and probably on the way back we'll probably be overnighting in Santiago in a hotel, uh, just to make it a little bit easier. Um, but you know, if, if we're all traveling together on the same planes, you know, the, the, hopefully the plane journey is gonna be part of the adventure as well. Um, traveling with a hundred like-minded um, adventurers, ultra athletes, or have a go fundraisers, 
um, because we, we represent that the whole lot. We've got some such a broad range of people that are that are coming along. Um, but uh, yeah, we are hopefully going to uh, have between 100 and 200 people, and 200 is the it's the, it's the hard limit imposed on us. Um, I mean, it does represent about 10% of the population of the country. Wow. That's the other thing that we really got to bear in mind. When we talk about the logistics getting there, but then supporting uh, uh, the event when we're there, we're going to have to make sure we take everything that we need with us. We can't just go down to the, the local shop and, 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 and buy a whole lot of scaffolding if we find that we need to build an additional river crossing, for example. We're going to have to ship all that out in advance. So, you know, this is one of the, the really remote corners of the earth. Um, so, yeah, 2,000, between two and 3,000 people is the population of the, of the country. And yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not a small place. It's about the same size as Wales, um, but with a population of a, of, of a small village. Um, so I, I don't know if you do you use Strava at all. I do. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, a lot of athletes do use Strava these days. Fairly ubiquitous. Yeah. And if you're, familiar with, if you're familiar with their global heat map, where you can see where people run, uh, and cycle around the world, and, and you have a look in, in 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 the central part of the Falkland Islands. It's it's black. It's it's. it's <laughs> no one goes running there. No. So I mean, the tourist industry that exists in the Falklands. I mean, most of the most of the uh, tourists that visit, they they visit around uh, Stanley and the immediate hills around Stanley, and they might go out to uh, see penguins and some of the the, the beaches, which are which are. Some of them are a drive away, but if you head east into the into the terrain, I mean, you are you're properly remote, and certainly there there are there are patches of the course, the ultra course, that you know you, the competitors' feet will be some of the first feet on that ground, you know, in in forty years. Wow! Uh, with the exception of of myself and the team, who'll be putting all the the, the markers out and, and, and signposts and and so on. Um, you know, you're, you're a long, long way away from uh, any significant um, uh, population centres. And give us a sense of of what the what the climate's like. I think we have this sort of image of of the Falklands, I, I, which probably rightly or wrongly, probably because of the conflict and because of the time that it was done, that we feel it's always really cold and wet. And that, I mean, is I mean, we can see the the landscape of it, but. Is it like that? I mean, what what is what would what will the competitors sort of expect? Well, well, part part of what I think that we'll be delivering is is a mechanism to dispel some of those myths. Um, I'm probably not doing myself any favours by having a get the right shoulder a, a <laughs> behind me of of of, of uh, part of the terrain in snow. Um, over the other shoulder, I do have it in the sunshine as well. And, and that actually probably reflects reality. So overall, the, 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 the temperature is probably very similar to a lot of the UK. It's a little bit drier than the UK. Um, we talk about four seasons, summer, winter, autumn, and the one I've missed out. But in actual fact, in the Falklands, you probably get 12 seasons and you probably have them all within half an hour. <laughs> so one thing that we can guarantee is wind and sunshine and rain and snow and fog and, and and everything else that I haven't mentioned. It all happens. It happens very quickly um, and it disappears very quickly. So um, it is windier than the UK. Um, there's very little landmass down at that latitude. 
Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's a nice sunny place. There's more sun that sunshine than there is here. And in fact, part of our mandatory kit is uh, going to be sunscreen. Um, one thing to bear in mind is there's no pollution there. Down in that whole latitude, all the way around the globe. Yeah, so there's, there's no there's no significant industry. There's no fumes in the air. The air is as crystal clear as you can you can imagine. And there's also a slight problem with with the level of uh, ozone. Not so much ozone down there as well. Yeah. So what that all amounts to is crystal clear skies, a lot of ultraviolet light. Uh, it might be warm. It won't be hot. It might be warm. Um, but as a result, if it's a, if it's a clear night. I mean that's that's a gonna be, it's gonna be a great place for for, for stargazing because all the stars okay. are gonna be aimed. So there's nothing gonna be between you and the stars. And of course, southern southern hemisphere stars, so won't be the ones we necessarily are quite so used to. So it'll be a absolutely an nicer down there. Apparently, I've I've I don't think I've ever spent my much time looking at the stars in the southern hemisphere, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, so I'm told it's a it's a lot better to do that. Uh, yeah, so 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 fingers crossed that it's going to be clear, or there's going to be patches of clear through the night. Because of course, when the when when the competitors are doing the ultra, some of the some of the faster ones on the hundred k course, I mean, they're they're likely to finish during mm. the day, but uh, a lot won't. And certainly on the hundred miler, you know, they might take up to forty hours. They might be going into a second night. So yeah. fingers crossed, they'll, they'll they'll get some clear nights. And, and and that'll be a particularly magical experience as well. Are there any trees on the island? I know this sounds crazy, but is it is it? I mean, it always has the impression that there isn't any. Correct. Well, there are a few trees, but there's no indigenous trees. So okay. there's a few trees that have been planted, uh, and there's been a memorial woodland that's been planted, but uh, but no, the, um, there's there's no no trees, which also means no shelter. So yeah. when you're when you're out there and the weather turns against you you you're exposed so you know mandatory kit is 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 it's mandatory you have to be prepared for it turning cold and wet and and rainy and it'll happen really quickly as well and you're yeah. not going to be able to uh find some tree to huddle under uh you might be able to take some shelter behind uh some of the rock formations because the, the, it's a generally it's a very rocky terrain um, for those on video can see that there's uh, some examples of that behind me um but uh, and, and and of course of all the checkpoints the checkpoints there's places for shelter and we're using a selection of of farm outbuildings as well but as i say this is not a densely populated country yeah uh, there's you know everyone is going to have to be gps tracked we're gonna have to know where everyone is at all time throughout the the, the whole event um and be paying close attention to the weather forecast because yeah we yeah, safety's got to be the number one priority and you are in a really remote wild part of the world yeah which i guess is that double-edged sword isn't it it's the um that's sort of what's so attractive about it but at the same time means it's gonna come with a little bit more risk and a bit more safety involvement as well so I, I mentioned through all those sort of points that we were, were going through and they, th those names that are so evocative, but obviously along that route. But why did you select the route? I mean, is, is there any significance in that? Um, yeah, I mean, so, so we spent a lot of time thinking about the route and it, it, it's been evolving since the start. But one of the things that we really wanted to do to go back to your very first question about why we wanted to set it up in the first place. You know, what we wanted to do was create a platform 
that could be used by charities as a fundraising event. And in particular, both, both myself and, and my uh, co-founder, Stuart, were both ex-military, were both very keen to support uh, uh, military veteran charities. And so by linking it to the 1982 route taken by British forces, um, it, it does have a strong appeal, uh, provides a connection to, to those charities and, and supporters of those charities. So, um, and, and, and also it's, it, it's, it's a great theme as well, you know, people who are interested in the conflict can get a real taste of, of what the guys had to do back in those times. Obviously, there's not going to be any live firing, mortars, artillery or anything like that. Hopefully not. Not, not for year one. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we might think about that in future years. Um, you know, obviously, you, you can't do a direct comparison. But yeah. for people to be able to be there and going over that route, it, it enables their imagination to then put themselves uh, um, in that location from 40 years ago and understand a, a little bit more, brings it brings it to life a little bit more. I mean, it's not a direct, we don't directly follow the route. Um, we are uh, also bound by risk assessments and, and making sure it's safe, but also making sure that people get to see the best parts of the island as well. Yeah. So from the start, from the 100 mile start, so, so we, the first part we do kind of back to front, so from Goose Green, to San Carlos, because of course in 82, task force landed in San Carlos, and there's one party headed down to Goose Green for a big battle there. So that bit we're kind of doing back to front. And so we leave Goose Green, and we head up to the top of Mount Osborne. Now the troops didn't do that, but Mount Osborne is the, is the highest point on the island. Okay, so from there, on a clear day, I mean, you see most of the, most of the country, you're super high up. If, if, the, if the skies are clear, you'll be able to see for miles and miles around. So it, it, it was really important. We wanted to share that bit of uh, that, that experience with the competitors. Um, and, and, and then it goes down to, to San Carlos. And obviously, we've got to make sure the route goes via the various uh, farm buildings where we can provide sufficient support. Uh, and also, um, there's, there is a road on the island, and uh, when, when you're away from Stanley, there are lots of roads in, in Stanley, but, but there's one big road in the island, and, and that also, you know, governs our logistics and how we support. Yeah. We've got to make sure that there are enough Mars bars and flat coke and peanuts and, and, and on all bananas and all the goodies that, that, that you need to, to, to resupply your body all the way around the course. Because of course, you know, remember these guys, I mean, e even on the 100 kilometer course, people might be going for 36 hours. So that we do need to get a lot of calories, make sure that everyone's got uh, uh, sufficient uh, supplies to, to keep them going, keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm sure it will do. I mean, you mentioned about, obviously it's not exactly following following the routes, but it, it has such great memories, especially uh, I'm sure for servicemen. I mean, I remember when um, when I was running the, the Marathon de Sable that, you know, there was there were plenty of uh, of ex-servicemen who were doing that. And, you know, during the conversations you have with them, you know, a lot of them have their own really very personal journeys they're going through. And it's sort of, uh, you know, people go through ultras for lots of different reasons. But I'm, I, I think that that one especially um, will have echoes for a lot of people who have got military connections in order to do something like that to, to really, I, say, I guess, sort of 
find on the journey either for a relative or for themselves uh, for something they've done. So I'm sure it'll be a, um, a great experience for people. Well, on we, we, do have a, we do have a lot of guys who uh, do, as you say, had, had relatives that 1482. Yeah. Uh, and we've, we're lucky enough uh, to have a few veterans who are coming back and they're taking part. Um, and bear in mind, this is 40 years ago and they were fighting in the Falklands conflict in 1982 and they're coming back and they're racing over 100 miles nonstop. Wow. Um, some of those things that they, they give my wife a little bit of, uh, of a heart attack. She's the medical director. And, there you uh, go. How, how old are these people? <laughs> I was like, no, don't worry, don't worry. It, as you get older, you build more stamina. It's, exactly. You'll be um, fine. Well, the, well, the MDSI did in 2015. We had Serrano Fines um, competing in it. So, and, and albeit he was a little bit at the back, <laughs> but, and I think at the time, I might, I might be doing him wrong, but he was near around 70. So he was, um, you know, and he, and he completed it and did that. So, you know, I mean, absolutely. I think the, the people who have that, that character set, no matter what age you are, you'll still go charging through it. So. Well, that, that, that's, that's part of what I'd, I'd love people to experience because, I mean, for a lot of people, they're going to they'll have done a lot of ultramarathons before. You know, we've we've got guys who uh, like like Mike Wardian, who who's like world champion at, at, at various ultra distances and and American ultra athlete of the year. You know, the real elite guys. But then we've got guys at the other end of the scale as well who are just wondering whether or not they can get round. Yeah. And 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 and. That's that's one message I, I, I I'm really keen that, that that more people understand that people can actually do it. Everyone is so much more capable than than they might initially believe. You know, you can just keep putting one foot in front of the other, and your body hurts a lot lot earlier than it's time to give up. You know, it you know everyone hurts. Even even the top guys they 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 start to hurt. Okay, and it's just a matter of you just keep on pushing keep on pushing and you don't give up i mean basically the hurt the hurting that, that's your first sign that you're actually working okay you're doing a good job um it, it's not it's not a signal to to stop at all exactly i'm, I'm, I'm always i'm always some, there, there, there are yeah exactly there are some signals awesome. for it but i'm always <laughs> minded when um whenever we talk about those kind of things i, I remember seeing this bit where where somebody once asked Muhammad Ali how many sit-ups he did and he said he, he doesn't know because he only started counting when it started hurting <laughs> and it's and it's like that that's the point you know these guys is exactly like that and and I'm sure that anyone who's familiar with the the sort of the David Goggins of this world who talks a lot about it um and if you're not familiar with David Goggins you know go and go and google him absolutely fantastic um very inspirational character and and he talks about he's an ex-Navy SEAL and they talk about that 40% rule where if you as soon as you start hurting, you want to give up, you're only you've only gone 40% of your capability. You have so much more left to give. And it isn't until you you start doing and starting pushing yourself a little bit more each time that you you start to realize that. And it can be just it doesn't mean you have to do these great ultras. It can actually just be, do you know what? I'm it's I've I normally walk round the block. But I'm gonna I'm gonna start trying to run a little bit around the block, and you as soon as you then do that, you think like and you've, the the pleasure and the amazement that you've done because you never thought you could do it, and it just keeps constantly pushing yourself a little bit more each time.
All right. Well, well, I wouldn't like to be one to correct uh, Dave Goggins or, or, or say he's wrong, but I don't think I've ever gone forty percent of the way into an ultra before I've started hurting. <laughs> Five percent, maybe. <laughs> I think. I think there's a there's a point. I think where I whenever I've done one, it's like, um, yeah, I, I agree. It sort of it hurts from right from the beginning. But uh, but then I have a different challenge now in that I I have a a three-year-old who uh, who likes likes waking up mega early and and has done ever since she was born. So um, I've I've now seen what four o'clock in the morning is like all the time. And for somebody who's really not a morning person, that's uh, it's been a very change of routine. So that's my I think that's turned into my ultra experiences now. Well, the great thing about if if people aren't morning people, great thing about the Falcons Ultra is they're four hours behind. <laughs> there you go. You know, that's going to help. Like getting up at midday, it's still only eight AM in the Falklands. Now we talked about the obviously the people who have have great experiences and the great ultra runners and and everything else. But I mean, do you have to be at that level in order to come yeah, and do so, this? I mean, is it? I mean, is it? Is it something that could be open? Do you have different? Because I know you don't. It's not just the ultra. I think you're also going to have. The, the lesser distances as well. So is it going to be something that you would encourage people who don't so have that kind of experience as well? We, we have three distances. So the, the big one is 100 miles. And for that, we would encourage people to have some experience of ultras. Yeah, uh, we have a 40-hour cutoff, but the first 60 kilometres or so of that, we want them to be getting through that quite quickly. Um, so the, the cutoff timers will be designed to allow for a lot of fade. Yeah. So the first, the first 60 kilometers they've got to clear, I think in about 10, 10 or 12 hours. Um, so we encourage that only for the more experienced runners. hundred kilometers. We believe any is something that anybody could, could do. Um, even if they've done nothing up until this point, 12 months is plenty to, to get yeah. your mind and your body in the right state to attempt something like that. Uh, we also have a marathon distance. And because, I mean, one, one thing, nobody, nobody knows what their body is, is going to be feeling like in 12 months' time, 14 months' time. Um, so if you've got a niggle, whatever, you wanted to do the 100K, but you, you don't think it's wise because you know your knee's giving you a bit of uh, uh, trouble. So there, there is a hundred k. Uh, there's a there's the marathon distance as well. Nobody's going to get a personal best on the marathon because it's from Goose Green up to the highest point on the island, top of Mount Osborne, mm. and back down again, back down to, to San Carlos. So it's not it's not a fast course. Um, but that one again, you know, anybody could do that. And so we support walking pace on, on the marathon and the, the 100K, but you do need to get a shuffle on on the 100 milers for the first, yeah. the first um, yeah. third of it. Because that is a bit of a way. And, and if I, if, if from what I've seen in some of the pictures of it, it's not just mountain scenery that you're going to be seeing. So it, talk to us a little bit about what, what's the, I mean, what are the kind of, scenery? I mean, are the, to remnants of the of the battles there as well. I mean, I'm sure you've got some some local uh, flora and fauna that you you'll be looking at. But well, first, first thing to bear in mind is it's a single stage non non stop race. So 
we're down there. It's, it's a 10, 10 day trip away of which about seven, eight days is, is in country. Um, and the race is only on one or two of those days, depending on, on, on your speed. And the rest of the time we do, we're doing, you're seeing everything else there is in, well, can't see everything, but you see all the key things, there's opportunities to see all the key things in the, in the Falcons when we're there. So uh, one thing, the thing that really sticks out is the penguins. So <laughs> no better place in the world to see penguins. Uh, there's there's five different types of penguins and everyone loves a penguin. Everyone and, loves a penguin. And 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 at the time we're going there is actually the time that the pen the penguin the penguins are chicks will be fledgling. So if you like baby, it doesn't get better than that. If you like baby penguins, this is the place and the time to go. Um, and um, um, so um, there's the penguins. There's seals. There's the wildlife. Key point to mention is. This, remember, it, it, this is a really remote part of the world. There's hardly any people there. This wildlife hasn't learned to be afraid of humans. Wow. So you can you can get very close to these things. Uh, you can get too close. So you know, there are guides as well. To, you, know, you don't want to walk up on an angry sea lion. Those sea lions, they're big and yeah. smelly and impressive, but don't go and try and wrestle one or hug one or, you know, they're not 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 a good idea when no not a good. <laughs> um so there's the wildlife thing which which is which is absolutely epic so if you like animals like penguins amazing place um there's there's the scenery i mean it's dramatic it's beautiful i mean i was talking to to simon weston earlier earlier on this afternoon who's going to be joining us down there um and you know he of all people uh, has got reason not to be a fan of the falcons um yeah. Don't know. Simon was uh, injured in uh, in attack on um, his ship in in eighty two and suffered um, uh, some pretty horrible injuries. Um, but he describes it as the most beautiful place on the planet. You know, it is it is raw, unpolluted, unpopulated. It is natural beauty. You know, so you'll be able to walk in these remote untouched uh, uh landscapes that, that you have to see to be, you have to be there to, be, to believe them um there's opportunities for for rock climbing so you can go on the various mountains around around uh, stanley we're providing rock climbing opportunities there's this kayaking you know you'll be able to you know go kayaking in, in the inlets in organized uh, um trips or on your own uh, and if you're lucky you might be surrounded by the penguins and the seals so you know I mean kayaking with seals and penguins I mean that's an experience in itself and and of course there's the beaches you know the beaches I don't have any photos of the beaches behind I might I might be able to send you some but I mean the, the beaches perfect amazing amazing beaches not yeah. really designed for sunbathing um, because of the temperature it might be warm but uh, don't plan on it being sunbathing uh, uh, temperatures, but the but the beaches are pristine and, and yeah. fantastic. Um, and then there's some people like golf, but it's not my. Do they have a golf course? They have a golf course, um, and um, there's 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 uh, we've got a climatization race. There's um, uh, it's one of the best places in the world for for trout fishing as well 
So there's all these opportunities. If you know, there's, there's probably not going to be time to do everything, uh, and 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 that's all included in the package. Yeah. Oh, so it sounds fascinating. And um, and you said it was it's going to be around about ten days. Did you say? Is it from? It's, it's ten ten days for, to and from the UK, yeah. flight all included. Um, and so and and I didn't answer your previous question about the relics as well because the the. Sorry, I got I got distracted by the penguins. <laughs> penguins, well, you know, penguins do distract you, and yeah, especially when you've but, got the little ones as well. Yeah, but lots of lot lot lots of um, uh, uh, relics from from the conflict have been left as reminders, and you'll be running past those. You'll see see guns yeah. and, and, and uh, uh, mortars as, as as lasting reminders of, of, yeah. of the conflict. In fact, one of our our one of our last checkpoints is uh, a wrecked Chinook helicopter. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's not something that you get to experience in many races. And in fact, in 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 many most places in the world, you know, these things wouldn't exist. They, they, they'd, they'd be removed or they'd be um, uh, stolen, you know, by by tourists as, as mementos, whereas that doesn't happen in the Falklands. So you, 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 you're surrounded by this really dramatic history. It's extraordinary, and it's and it's because it's, it's two islands, isn't it? Main islands, there's lots of little ones. There's the two, uh, there's the two big ones, lots yeah. of little ones, um, and and every mo most of the population is based on East Falkland. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, if you can see for those on video, oh, I can see. yeah, see the, see, see the map here, um, and um, all mo most of the population is on East Falkland, and that's that's where we're for the entirety of, of the trip. If people want to take the opportunity to, to go and visit West Falkland uh, during the time, uh, there will be opportunities. Uh, we're not dictating everything that people should do while they're there. We're providing the opportunities to enable them to, to go and sample everything uh, that they want to see. Yeah. And um, how do they sign up? I mean, you've got you've got a website. I think it's, it's falklandsultra.com, and certainly I'll, everything will be in the in the link, I'll provide all of those links, but uh, is it just a sign up from the from the website? Yep, just go to the website. Um, if you want more information, um, there's a brochure available for download on the website. Uh, if you want to be join the mailing lists, you can be kept uh, up to date with, with news updates. You can register your interest. And of course, if you think, oh my God, I want to be part of this amazing experience, then you can enter on the website too. Um, uh, and the, the contact details, um, if you want to know if you've got any specific questions, then the, the contact address is on the, on the website as well, telephone number, etc. Well, listen, Andy, I, I, mean, I think it's, it sounds absolutely fascinating. I really do. I think, I think it's, a, it's a, a really, truly inspirational type of, of event and an amazing venue. I think you've been, um, you've been very smart to try and think of something like here, and I, I really admire it. Uh, for you to do it I guess my last question I mean you, you sort of mentioned about why you did that I mean how long has this been in this has been eight years, eight years to get to this point it's it's, wow. it's it's a challenge a lot of learning the package travel regulations um, and getting a date that that everybody's happy with uh, because we've had to decon we have to deconflict with Falkland Island government activities yeah. and cruise ships military activities airlines fishing schools um because you know when we're there you know we're 10 percent of the population of the country you know it's you know, 
we, we can't just turn up unannounced. Um, and so, you know, getting the right dates has is, 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 is proved to be a challenge. And certainly coronavirus hasn't yeah. helped things. Uh, and in fact, just yesterday, they announced that the, the, the commercial flights aren't starting again uh, until June at the earliest to get down there. Um, but these things are, are thrown at us to, 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 to test us. Um, yeah. It'll make it all the sweeter when it all comes off next March. Oh, I think it sounds absolutely amazing. Well, listen, Andy, thank you so much for your time. I've, I've really enjoyed hearing more about it. Um, we'll include some of the some of the pictures of the uh, of the event as well, and where they're going to be looking at uh, somewhere somewhere embedded in in this uh, in the video side. So if you're listening to this, you're going to have to go back onto YouTube and go and watch it. So, um, but uh, for the time being, Andy, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Good luck with the rest of it. I hope it goes well. I'll be eagerly waited to see uh, how the attendance goes and hopefully bag my own place on to it as well well Although i can't i can't sure which which distance it'll be well we'd love to have you nigel and thank you very much for inviting me onto your on, onto the show so thank you